I'm Jack Moylan, and you're listening to Let's Talk Business, a podcast geared towards young professionals served with a side of witty commentary. At Lutz, we rally around the mantra, make light, meaning be lighthearted, illuminate solutions, and create energy. We hope this episode will do just that. Let's make the complex simple. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Business. Today, uh, we're going to talk about transitioning from college to the workforce. Excited about this conversation. Here with me is audit and consulting shareholder, Ryan Cook. Cook, you want to introduce yourself and you know tell us kind of what you do today? Yeah, so Ryan Cook, I'm an audit and consulting shareholder at the firm. I went to school. I grew up out in western Nebraska. I went to school at the university in Lincoln. And along the way, I actually started pre-med, and that lasted a whole whopping year and a half pre-med. before I decided to make the change over to the business college, which just kind of fits me a little bit more just from my, I guess... I like to just understand how businesses operate, how they run, how they make money. So I think the pre-med thing was just one of those. I have family members that are doctors. I thought that was a great avenue, but just wasn't me. Because where did you say you grew up? I grew up out in Grant, Nebraska, out western Nebraska. So I've got just aunts and uncles that Where are, is Grant? I don't even know where that's at. So it's about five hours down I-80 oh. from Omaha. So if you just go straight down I-80 and 20 miles south of Ogallala. Okay, I was going to say Ogallala area. Yep. Got it. Were you on a farm? I was not. We were actually in a town. Grant's got 1,200 people. We're in town. My family has a, owns and operates an irrigation business. Got so it. they have offices and all the surroundings towns out there. Okay. So talk through that. Let's talk through school a little bit because, I mean, I think that, you know, today we're going to talk about transitioning from college to the workforce. So can you go through, I mean, you were starting to talk about your thought process of pre-med and, and then how, how'd you get to accounting? Well, I think, you know, growing up back with my family's business, I kind of helped my parents in the office growing up and just the accounting side of the equation. So I was a little bit, I was somewhat familiar with it. But then, you know, I guess as I was going through school, I just took more of an interest in, you know, really understanding how businesses operate, how they make money, and just you know, long term where I saw myself and where I could see myself going was more of, you know, really my value add and what really I guess piques my interest is helping businesses, you know, try to grow, see where they're going and how I can help them get, you know, where they want to go. So would you would you have described yourself as a numbers guy before college? To a degree, I would have just because of the family business and, right. be, you know, having that background. I've always had an interest, like I said, in just how businesses operate. And That's I think important. understanding the accounting side of the equation obviously helps with understanding profitability and, you know, how they make money and their margins and, you right. know, break even and so forth. Got it. So would you say that did you enjoy accounting while you're doing it in school? You know, I enjoyed it just because, like I said, I think there's I think accounting is one of those industries that you can use. I mean, everybody can benefit from accounting to some degree. I mean, the rules of the game. Yeah. I mean, you got to know if you know the rules of the game, everyone's playing it. Right. Yep. So one thing I hear you know, in the news or just, you know, in general, is that there's less and less people going into accounting. Have you heard that? Is there any truth to that? And why do you think that would be? I think it's more so just, I mean, it is true. What you've said is true. I think some of it's just the stigma of accounting in general and people just, you know, it's the bean counter. It's the whole philosophy. Oh, these are people that want to stay behind their desk 
and, you know, not get out and talk to people. Right. And I would tell you if that is people's perception, in my opinion, that is completely the opposite. I feel like business owners, you know, they want people that can communicate with them, that want to be face to face. You know, if clients are going to be paying you, you know, some hourly rate, Mm -hmm. obviously they want to see, they want some FaceTime with you. So I would tell you part of the reason the accounting profession also piques my interest is more so from the standpoint of, I like, I mean, I'm a people person. I like to be out. I like to talk with people. Communication's key across any industry or any profession that anybody goes into. And also, you know, just building a network is is huge. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about after school. So you're in school at Lincoln, you said, right? Yep. And then you graduated, or did you have an internship before? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So actually, the uh, summer before my senior year, I did an internship with Lutz. I actually, it was kind of a random deal. I was on Husker Hire Link, and Lutz popped up, and I didn't really know much about him, and made a few connections and heard, you know, the firm was great things going on with Lutz. So I reached out, got an in, or interview, and then they offered me an internship in the summer of 06. It actually was the first time Lutz had kind of entertained the whole internship program and et cetera. So it was a couple months stint in the summer. It was more, you know, Lutz is all about culture, you know, getting to know people and Lutz had a lot of great people and I enjoyed my time. So at the end of it, got lucky enough, you know, they offered me a job. And so I had one year left of school. And then I came full time with Lutz back in uh, August of 07. Who'd you interview with in the the beginning? (sighs) At that time, I interviewed, it was, I want to say it was four or five people. I remember interviewing with Steph Hand, who obviously is in the HR department, Sean Wiederquist, who's one of the audit partners. Pat Knowles was an audit partner. I interviewed with Stacy Watson, and I believe I interviewed with Tom Halixo, if really? I remember right. That so, sounds- yeah, it was kind of one of those intimate, you know, you come in and you get put through the ringer, you got four or five people interviewing you. <laughs> right. Well, and you're still working with them today. Correct. That's kind of crazy, too. Yep. Although I know Pat or Sean, I mean, one of those guys is probably getting ready to be done at some point. Yep. Pat's nearing his announcement and retirement coming up. What was that internship like? Because I think that some of the people listening to this, maybe, maybe not, if they're going to be, you know, in the stages of getting into an internship, but was it fun? Did you learn a lot? What did you get out of that? If you can can remember not to dig at you. (laughs) No, I think I would tell you the number one thing with that internship that I probably learned the most is the importance of making connections, getting to know people, the network, communication, you know, not just sitting in your cube, actually getting out and connecting with people. Because at the end of the day, in my opinion, whatever job anybody ever goes into, you got to like the people that you work with. I think that outweighs all other aspects. So if you're, I mean, if you don't like the people that you work with, you're not going to go to work there or you're not going to. So I would tell you in the two and a half months from a work productivity, that was probably lower on the spectrum, but you know, they, it was big on, Hey, Lutz is culture, great place to work, get to know people. So that's kind of, you know, what they pushed you to do. And that's what we did. So internship to full-time what about those first few years? I imagine they were 
full of, you know, a lot of productivity, probably more productivity than your internship, obviously. Were there ever times where you thought, you know, this might not be it? I don't know if I ever thought this might not be it. I think the big thing that people coming out of college, me included, is the one piece of advice I'd give is you got to be able to get into the details because that's how you learn. So give me an example of what you mean by that. Well, just, you know, the day-to-day work that some people, I mean, it's kind of the day-to-day grind that people, uh, you know, they probably, oh, I don't want to do that. But honestly, that's where you really learn. But I would tell you the two big things that you need to do is you need to understand why you're doing something. Where a lot of times when, you know, you show up and you're new, a lot of it's overwhelming and you're just trying to you're just trying to get by. Okay, hey, how can I make this product look like last year? You know, how do I get these numbers put in? But you really need to take a step back and understand why you're doing something because the minute you you learn that aspect of it, you pick up on everything else that much quicker and, you know, you can grow. You can just grow that much faster. What were some things that you ran into, though, that, that were challenging? I mean, I'm sure... You know, a lot of things it sounds like you enjoyed at least, but the challenging, I would tell you some of the challenges when you're brand new or when you're newer, it's intimidating that you're going to walk into a CFO's office or a controller's office that, you know, hey, they've been doing this for 30 years and you're going to go in there and ask them about their business when, you know, you might question something they're doing. Well, you got to remember they've been doing it for 30 years. Right. So... They know that business better than you do. So it's a little bit intimidating going in there and, you know, asking them certain questions, analytics about, you know, why their margins drop and or, you know, whatever it might be. But I think the big thing challenges when you have in our industry, you have multiple projects going on at the same time. And again, it goes back to communication, setting expectations. And I think that's a hurdle for a lot of people in their early years is just trying to understand, you know, how to set priorities, what comes first, what comes second. But, you know, and then internally, obviously you're working with a variety of partners and managers, directors, and everybody has their certain ways of doing things. So you kind of got to balance and understand and, you know, be adaptable to how, you know, I might do something versus some other partner. Mm -hmm. So I think those are kind of the big challenges when you kind of start that you I can see a lot of people running into well so how long do you think it took you to get comfortable with that conversation with the CFO because I mean I you know my conversations are IT related and it's hard to not sound like you're full of it right you know until you have the confidence or really know exactly what you're talking about well I think it goes back to a couple things I think one is the communication channel with the C, it's almost how you present it mm-hmm. to the CFO. Hey, you know, I want to learn more about your business. Don't go in there and act like you know more than they do. It's hey, I'm trying to understand and help you know learn more about your business. You've been doing this for 30 years. Okay, explain to me why is our margin changing? What are the you know what are the three or four main drivers in your business that um, you know dictate what happens to your margin? Is it market driven? You know, just. I think if you come at it from the certain angles and how you see it, that can ultimately, I think, help. It, I guess it, it kind of bridges that intimidation factor because I think if you go in prepared 
and you kind of understand their business a little bit, I mean, you got to do your research in advance. You got to kind of know a little bit about the business to be able to, you know, have a good conversation. But being able to identify a couple of their driving factors, it just leads the CFO to understand, okay, hey, he's he takes an interest in my business versus right. coming in there and just, hey, why'd your margin change? Well, right. Okay, you, you haven't even done any research. Right. Well, exactly. And I think that's an interesting way to think about it too is approaching it from the perspective of, you know, I work for that CFO or I work for that director of IT or, or I work for them, right? So I wouldn't walk into my first day of employment at Lutz and tell Cook, my boss, hey, this is what I think we need to do. It'd be, hey, no, let, let me learn from you. Let me experience society, that's kind of an interesting perspective. If you approach it from that employee perspective, right? I mean, they're paying you to do a job. That might disarm them a little bit too. And yeah. Then, and, I, and I would tell you, it goes back to, it's building relationships. It's going in and having a conversation with the CFO or even the president or the owner. Those conversations are a lot easier mm-hmm. if you've built a relationship with them outside of just what you're doing. I mean, mm-hmm. take an interest in, you know, find something that's common between the two of you and, you know, Hey, how's your family? You know, asking those questions, it just kind of breaks the barrier down a little bit to where, Hey, it's more conversational versus I just knock on your door. I walk in and ask you a bunch of questions and then I just take off and leave. Right. You know, cause some CFOs think, okay, you're in there bugging them. <laughs> Whereas it's no, Hey, this is more of a conversation you know, mentality. Well, I th- there's a fine line there too, right? I've, I've heard, and I've even done it plenty of times where you walk in and want to kind of just have a conversation and, and, and lighten it up a little bit, but then you can get to be too buddy, buddy, where it's like, Hey, we're still here to do a job. I'm pay- paying you to help me here. So I guess that's kind of an interesting line too. So when do you, when do you turn it on when, you know, to be serious? Cause that's sometimes hard to I'm sure it's different each situation. Yeah, I would tell you, depending on your client, obviously it's different in every scenario, but you've always got to make it, even if you have a good relationship, I think there comes a time where, hey, when you're setting a meeting, part of that meeting, there needs to be an agenda set up to say, hey, we're talking, I mean, okay, we need to talk about these five, four or five key points, right. you know, that, okay, if you kind of bring and you come prepared, okay, there's going to be more of a business setting to that equation than, you know, just coming in there and just BSing with each other. Sure. So we've talked, we've kind of gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole as far as, you know, more of how to interact with the CFOs, business owners, and how to behave once you're in. But do you have any advice that you'd give someone that is considering a career in accounting that, that you know, when they're looking for that job, maybe? I mean, anything that you would think as far as deciding where to work? I would tell you, deciding where to work, ultimately, I feel like, in my opinion, the number one thing is is the people. Okay, like I said earlier, is, hey, we got you got to like coming to work, uh-huh. and you got to like working with who you, the people that you're going to be around. That's number one. Two, I think, is as much as, kind of funny is much as people usually hate impromptu speaking in college mm-hmm. and they hate that class because it's it's one of those that people are get nervous over communication's key you got to learn to be able to communicate with people and i would tell you too in college one thing that i wish i would have done better at is even broaden my network more than i probably did while in college yes getting to know more people than i probably did now just 
peers, professors, community, all of the above? All of the above. Just because in our line of work, in our industry, you have you never know where people are going to end up, who you're going to run into, you know. It might be somebody that you saw every day in class, all of a sudden is now the CFO of, you know, some big organization that you're trying to chase down their business. So I would think building out your network, learning to communicate, don't be afraid to dig into the details. You got to, I mean, you got to start somewhere. You got to learn. The best way to learn is to get thrown in the fire. Yeah. Even though sometimes you're going to be overwhelmed the fire and, sucks. and you're going to wonder, yeah. you're going to be like, okay, what am I doing? This is miserable. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do it, but that's, I mean, that's how you learn. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious about the, your networking comment. Would you say that you kept in kind of a tighter group in college then? Or cause I, you know, I, we each only have our perspective of what our networks were. So I'm just curious what, where you draw that comment from. I would say that there was, I mean, there was probably a pretty close-knit group of friends that, yeah. you know, we just always kind of ran around together. I mean, a lot of them were from my hometown, a bunch of people. I mean, a bunch of people in Grand America, in Grand Nebraska, it is, where do you go to school? Lincoln. Yeah. So everybody in Grant goes to Lincoln. Well, okay, that group just tends to hang out. I mean, you meet people when you're freshman year, you meet people in the dorm, mm-hmm. or, you know, but I just think it's... It takes a little work. It's uncomfortable for a lot of people in college, but like I said, net, being able to network, communication rolls right into the networking thing. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to branch out. So I just think, especially in our industry, doing some, doing those couple things in college, I think could propel people to grow pretty quick in the career. So how have you been able to, you know, continue networking after college, especially once you get, you know, deep into your career because there obviously there's opportunities you were telling a story about (laughs) golf outing but I mean how have you managed to do that because I think it sounds like you've been able to do that well yeah no I think you have to make time for this stuff I mean everybody's got a busy schedule and I know you got a job you know people are working eight to five they got their they got their typical okay you're in the accounting profession you've got your day-to-day job Mm -hmm. but you got to be able to I think if you're going to enjoy this career for myself, because I like the people aspect of it as well, not everybody's the same, but I like to, I think you have to build relationships with people. And I always tell our staff, even though it's uncomfortable, if you build relationships with people, your job, not only is more enjoyable, it becomes easier. You make a mistake it's easier to fix mm-hmm. because you have a working relationship with somebody. If you need something from them, it's easier to ask for something. So, I mean, making time for it, it's, you know, I do, you know, I'll meet clients, prospects, you know, referral sources, all those, I'll, I'll do breakfast some days, grab lunch with somebody sometime, you know, go have a drink with somebody. I think you just kind of get in your rhythm over time that you need to, and quite honestly, I feel like in this profession to grow, you know, you want to do some of those things and network and, you know, build your network as you grow in your profession is you got to, you got to get out and about and do those things. And I can tell you coming out of COVID, it's tough because you, I mean, a lot of people, I think, catch themselves that used to do go network. It's easier to just sit in your office. Yeah. So. Got an excuse now. How often are you going out and doing that kind of stuff? I'm probably on the, uh, 
extreme of that equation. I'm out. I'm out quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be, you know, I like to play golf. So right. there's a lot of golf trips that turn into some sort of a business type situation, you know, yeah. and it can be over the weekend. It can be on weeknights and it just depends i mean some weeks some weeks it's a couple times some weeks times it's four or five times a week it just depends because you have two kids now three three kids yep how's that how's that been balancing that with with all because i mean my wife's pretty understanding yeah i bet bet. especially we got a five-month-old so she's pretty understanding she uh she handles the load so we got a seven-year-old boy we got a five-year-old daughter and then we got a Five month old. Boy. Five months old. I didn't realize that. Maybe I did. I don't know. But congrats. So I, I guess w- when do you think you put in the most time into your career so far? I mean, obviously you still got a lot of career ahead of you, but hopefully I would hope. You know, now is it is it only getting you know your your time investment only increasing, or is there a specific time where you're like I was kicking my butt every day? No, I think. You're, I mean, you're always going to be going. I mean, I think the thing I like about this career is it goes back to, okay, what do I want to get out of it, mm-hmm. right? I want to, I like to work with multiple different clients. I don't like to just work on one client forever. So you have the variety of clients. That was huge for me. Because a lot of big, like big four accounting firm type things, if you're in audit, you're working on one person's, one one client's audit. Yeah, there's times Primarily the whole year, right? Correct. Yep. So that was big for me. The other one was, okay, if I am going to do this work, I want to be able to kind of gain that trusted advisor role Mm -hmm. to where you get your clients to the point where you've built the relationship that they'll call you before they really make any significant moves. And so I think Lutz has positioned themselves really well from the standpoint of small to mid-sized businesses, right? Mm -hmm. To where, you know, I really, and the third was, okay, variety of work, where I can make a difference. And the third one, I want to work with the decision makers. Right. So, you know, we've positioned ourselves to where those people that we're working with, it's the owner. I mean, it's the CFO. It's not just, you know, here's the board up here. You never get to talk to them. Well, you never get to talk to the owners or any of that. And it feels like that's every level here too. I mean, I, you know, I've only been in tech for two years now and that's, you know, those are the people I'm working with. It's Yeah. And I would tell you, I think just as generations are coming up, they want more. They want to be more active. They want to be more involved. And, you know, that's one thing that I think our firm, you know, we've pushed really hard on is to leverage work right. to give our younger staff the ability to, you know, take on more projects right. and really have that interaction with the client. Yeah. Any other advice that you'd give for someone getting into accounting? I mean, how, you know, I think one thing that people typically get, a, you know, at least I think that they, get nervous about is busy season did you do much much tax review only been audit no so you know we've kind of taken the approach at our off at lots is we want you know just like as our name is hey we want to be a business solutions provider we want accountants to kind of be a well-rounded consultant for our clients and doing that you got to kind of if you're in audit, you're going to do audit, but you also got to kind of understand the tax side of the equation. Right. So, you know, our younger staff, they start an audit towards the end of busy season. 
with when obviously the corporate deadlines here, a lot of the audit year end audit stuff kind of rolls slows down. They'll help pitch in, you know, we kind of take the team approach. So if we need help with tax, the auditors will step in and help with tax. And all that does is helps them get more familiar with, okay, hey, how's the whole tax side of the equation and the audit side of the equation function together? Because ultimately, if you're in audit, the business owner at some point is going to look at you and ask you, okay, you doing whatever you're doing here, how's that impact me tax-wise? Right. So you got to kind of know both sides of the equation from that standpoint. So I guess any advice for someone that's concerned about busy season or has their concerns going into an accounting career? I would say the concerns of going in the accounting career would be kind of what we've alluded to. I'd say the you need to be able to branch out. You need to continue to build out your network, learn to communicate with people, be adaptive because kids coming out of college, I think the big thing now you have generational differences. Mm -hmm. You might show up at a firm where you have partners that have interacted that pick up the phone, call every single client. And now with technology and the way other people interact, it's all email or it's text messages. Needing to understand that you got to be adaptive to certain client situations and how they need to be responded to is going to vary widely, especially those coming out of college now. So being adaptive in digging into the details. I mean, don't be afraid to get thrown in the fire and understanding why you're doing something. And as far as busy season, the hours that people hear about, I would say you can't be afraid to ask for help because a lot of times what happens is young people come to the firm. Obviously, they don't want to let down their manager or partner or director. So it's, hey, I'm going to just keep taking it on. Well, that's great to a point until... You're taking it on. Now you're overwhelmed because you're new. You're still learning what you're doing. So now you're overwhelmed. Then you go home at night and you're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then you're coming to work overwhelmed. Well, then that just ends. I mean, at some point you're going to break. So I would say don't be afraid to ask for help. But the other thing is setting expectations and setting appropriate deadlines and communicating with internally amongst your in charges, managers, directors, partners, as well as the client. I don't think busy season should be as bad. I think it's I think it's it's just as important as we're training our staff how to do something that our group is not training, but I guess communicating the expectations with our clients that hey, we need to get work in the door sooner. Right. Because a lot of clients don't understand the impact. And they don't mean that they're they don't mean that they're harming us, but they don't realize what they're doing to us by hey everybody wants to wait to bring their stuff into the end. So it's again if you build the relationships correctly, mm -hmm. well obviously it's easier to call a client and ask them to bring their stuff in the door earlier. So as but much I mean it all comes down to relationships in my opinion. Well, and and to that point, I think it was Ron that mentioned this in the Let's Leadership program the other day. He's like, you know, you have to be able to have that relationship to a point where you can be honest and say, "Hey, you're affecting me by waiting to get this stuff in the door, but you only earn that right as long as you're on time, you know, responsible and and don't procrastinate. So there's kind of a give and take to that too. You can't expect it if you don't if you don't give it. I mean, if you think about it, look what we're dealing with. It's personal confidential information. Right. Well, you got to have a relationship. Right. 
in, I mean, in order for that to be successful both ways with you and the client is you got to build a relationship with the, you know, with your client, because if you really want to gain that trust and be a business consultant and be the person that, Hey, no matter what your issue is, give us a call. And if we don't even have the answer internally, we have a big enough network that will lead you in the right direction to be able to get there. You got to have the relationship with them. And once you have that, your job's easier. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's easier to ask for, it's easier just the whole process of the workflow, you know, meeting with them, trying to understand their business, where they're heading and what they're trying to do and how to meet their goals. All of that becomes easier when you have the relationship. So one last thing, any, anything that you use as far as resources or, or ways that you were able to improve or, or increase your knowledge or just in general, any, anything that people could use as they get into their careers? I think as you get in your career, you need to find, you know, you need to find a peer in the, in whatever organization you're at. You need to find somebody that's on your level as a peer that you can bounce questions off of if you have them. But also I think you need to be able to find somebody that you respect. That's more of a mentor that can kind of help guide you along the way and just, you know, be somebody that, can offer you some support. And I mean, I can tell you, you know, Dennis Wiederholt, who used to be at, he was the CFO at DLR. I would bounce questions off of him. He was helpful for me, but also, you know, internally, you know, I used to, I went, you know, Mark Dern, Ron Nevia, Wiederquist, all those guys. I mean, I had a great relationship from just the standpoint of, you know, am I doing things the right way? What do I need to be doing differently, you know, to really grow in my career? Did your relationship with Dennis form through Lutz or did you know him outside of Lutz? Through Lutz. Cause so I got, I got put on DLR as a client of the firm mm-hmm. and I got put on that job probably my second year in Lutz. Mm-hmm. Dennis and I just got along. We just kind of, I guess, just kicked it off when I was out there one year. And from that point forward, we just always grab lunch and see what's going on and so now he's retired and moving on that's all well that's I, I think that's pretty cool that you were able to find that through strictly a professional engagement because yeah it's obviously having mentors around here you know ron sean and mark of course but that's a brand new type of perspective that i think is invaluable yeah, and I can tell you, I would say with Dennis's connections to the firm, I mean, Gary Witt and him are really good friends, our old managing part, shareholder. And so Dennis was familiar with our firm as well. Right. So he, had, to your point, yeah, he brought an outside perspective, but still knew enough about what Lutz is and who Lutz is and where things were going. So I think it was kind of valuable from that standpoint that, you know, he was well-versed with who Lutz was along the way. Cool. Well, Cook, I appreciate it. Anything else that you want to mention or, or, or leave the listeners with? I think it's, as I mentioned, continue to branch out. I think the big thing is, is you got to challenge yourself to get outside your comfort zone. And especially typical accountants, 
they don't want to bring, I mean, they just don't want to branch out. They're comfortable. They like to get in their routine. They like to do their day to day. So I, I would just challenge people that with whatever it is, is, you know, branch out and get outside your comfort zone. Cool. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of Let's Talk Business. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your podcast app, Spotify, or iTunes. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to make light.